You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 371. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 371. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hey, babe. Hey. Hello. What's up, fam? Oh, well, hello, fam, bam. Hope that every... Who are we? We don't do that. What? What? (laughs) Just, we don't intro like that. No, we don't. (laughs) We do now. I just felt like, I kind of feel like all the people that listen are like family. Yeah. So, I was like, what's up, fam? I'm I'm definitely, (laughs) wow, grateful (laughs) I'm so grateful. Because so we're recording this just a bit the day before Thanksgiving, actually. Yeah. And it's I'm just having a really grateful heart because my uh, my clients have been messaging me and Aww. our amazing podcast producer and my assistant Darlene, who is gonna hear this, <laughs> left me a, a beautiful message. And so I'm just so I'm grateful for her. And she makes this show actually like look, sound decent, especially when we're <laughs> we do all sorts of like throat clears and stumble over my words and stuff right. like that. So yeah, she's amazing. So grateful for her. So and really just feeling incredibly hashtag blessed to have such an amazing <laughs> audience. Hashtag blessed, yo. <laughs> yeah, because I it's interesting because you know we have. We have our After Hours community, which is our, our Facebook group, if you're yeah. not familiar with it. And so many of my colleagues end up closing down their Facebook groups or have to really regulate them or have to have moderators and stuff because people are just constantly wanting to sell their shit or mm. getting really mean to one another. And I'm just – I've never had to deal with that. You know, awesome. in the handful of years that we've had after hours, everybody is so beautiful to one another. So anyway, awesome. this is a heartfelt I wasn't really planning on this, but a heartfelt superior piece of gratitude to all of you. <laughs> yeah. For being such an incredible community. To the fam. To the fam bam. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about dealing with grief during the holidays. Now, if you are Familiar with my show, you will know that when I use the word grief, it usually sounds super dramatic and as though it's reserved for things like death or divorce or things like that. But really, we've all been dealt a serious blow of grief over 2020, no matter, really no matter what. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to be talking about kind of the various levels of grief and what we can actually do about it and what the added element of the holiday season layers on to on top of that Mm, mm -hmm. but before we do but before we do we uh like to do a little segment we call it would you rather and today's would you rather is since it's getting close to the holidays i thought this was appropriate okay would you rather 
have to have the fire department extract you from your own chimney after failing to impersonate Santa Claus for your kids. Oh, no. Or. Like you're like. Thump, yeah, like you're like you get... stuck in there. <laughs> yeah. Which is my nightmare. Yeah, you don't like like tight Tight quarters. places, no. Well, also you're giant. So you, you're you subjected to that <laughs> even like in an elevator. Right. Yes. Or have your neighbors catch you helping your kids TP their yard. Oh, gosh. Both of these are t- are really tough because, first of all, what are you doing with TP? Like, we need to preserve. <laughs> first of all, we, we need to preserve I'm that stocked shit. Up. We I'm gotta, stocked up. We got to preserve that shit. Yeah, it, You're, that's reckless. It's a commodity. That is reckless. <laughs> Bare mins, you can get like a good 50 bucks on Amazon for that. It's getting expensive, man. It's crazy. It's, I, yeah. Anyway, and it could be worse by the time it's I didn't even airs. like register. The TP apocalypse. Like how issue. negligent that sort of a, a joke is, babe. <laughs> right, right. It's, <laughs> it's incredibly it's, insensitive. It's really diminishing to the TP community. It's insensitive. <laughs> oh, I feel triggered. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so it is also my worst nightmare to be I, I think this has a lot to do with being raised in a really conservative religious household Hmm. it is my nightmare to be caught doing something i'm not supposed to be doing like teeping someone's home right like to be caught like trespassing or caught some doing something that i'm not supposed to be doing i am so incredibly risk averse you are a rule follower for sure. that i i'm like mortified about what to do in that situation but you'd so you'd rather get stuck in a chimney See, now that's also sort of like a baby Jessica situation. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. Wow. I, I listened that's to too much true crime and they recently covered this on a podcast that I talk I, I listened to. But like that idea of being stuck in a tube Oof. And, Oof. and and dirty as fuck, which is not my preference either. I don't right. even want to camp for like one day because I feel dirty. Lord help you if someone starts a fire. Oh my God. <laughs> Burn my butt. Woo! Woo! Hot toes. Shoot you right off the top. (laughs) Like a rocket. Although I do feel like that is worse. That I do feel like that's worse. Yeah, that's like you could die. And you're also gonna be really uncomfortable and and also embarrassed. Embarrassed. But you're gonna be embarrassed either way. No, I'm gonna be shamed. Like the shame. Of being caught doing something I'm not supposed to be doing. Oh, the TP. Yeah, like okay. Th- like at least I got confused if about where we were. If if you're going down your own chimney, it's your own personal property. Right. You're not. It's still embarrassing. Breaking and entering. It's still em- pretty shameful. It's embarrassing, but people are just going to think you're stupid. They yes. Don't, it's not like you're like I'm. I did something. I will. Wrong. I will think you're. I will think you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I will think you're very stupid. <laughs> I, I think I'm I, I think I'm still after working this out. Thank you for letting me workshop this. I think that I am going to say I would rather get caught TPing. You would. Even though you're so risk averse to that. Type Even of though I mean it's this one's a real tough one for me. It's a tough one. It's a tough one for everybody. I you know, personally, there's no way I'm getting stuck in a chimney. I'll take I'll take yeah. <laughs> whatever it is that the neighbors give me. I'll take it. As yeah. a matter of fact, it might help us build our relationship. It might. Well, first of all, about time I tip your yard. 
hey man remember when you caught me tv in your yard i but first of all i would never be going down a chimney without like full-on vaseline all over myself vaseline. or so i could be What's like slip do? right down through <laughs> It's not gonna help. <laughs> or I'm gonna have a fucking carabiner and there you go. And that will help a lot more. Rope. So just that, the carabiner though is not gonna do you any good. So that I kind of hang yeah, down at the bottom and like just yeah, like, yeah, hey yeah. guys. <laughs> and second of all, I'm never gonna have kids, so there's no reason. There's no reason to even do that. Well, both of them are with your kids, right? Your imaginary, oh, I guess imaginary children. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm gonna well, go ahead gonna and take pick? the. I'm gonna take the TP. You're, we're both going to take that. That didn't one. sound right. Yeah. Don't take it. Don't take the You TV. need to pay for it. Pay for it. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it for our Would You Rather. And we would love to hear <laughs> what you would prefer. I have a feeling it's going to be a landslide for the TP. You think so? I, I think so. Yeah, it might be. So It's fun regardless. We talk about this every single week over in our After Hours community. After Hours. Oh, just a little beat there. Just a little, just a little beat. Missed it just a little. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm supposed to be doing something right now. Yes, I am. <laughs> and over in our After Hours community, which is our Facebook group, we discuss the Would You Rather on Mondays, and everybody has really funny reasoning behind what they're choosing, and people have rationale and justifications for things and it's really quite fun so if you want to come hang out with us and mr smith makes an appearance from time to time which is kind of fun now and again go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club that redirects you to our little corner of facebook and there's lots of camaraderie like i said earlier it's an amazing group of people lots of support and championing and people who are all in it kind of for a common goal of bettering themselves I do bonus trainings every month, and we do Warm Fuzzy Wednesdays, lots of cool stuff. So thejoyjunkie.com slash club. All right, so first, before we jump into all of this stuff around grief during the holidays, I want to give a bit of context around types of grief. And I believe that the Grief Recovery Institute defines grief as being, you know, the need, and I'm paraphrasing, but the need to process any kind of change in a pattern or a behavior. And I think we've talked about this a handful of times on the show that, you know, in our society, we kind of think about grief being reserved for trauma, like severe capital T trauma, significant things like, like death, severe injury, or a divorce, massive financial loss. And what we don't realize is that we are really in the need to process any change in behavior or pattern, no matter what it is. So given the circumstances of 2020, we have had a litany of changes in patterns and behaviors. Mm, for sure. Some people have had loss of jobs. Some it's even mourning that you have to now share your home with your partner like you have to be at home working together day in and day out or i know a ton of parents who had to grieve that for the school year they weren't able to actually send their kids away for school you know they have that little fun tradition with the holding the sign up saying this is me starting first grade or this Mm -hmm. you know and and it's like okay go back inside the house and sit at your computer now right 
whether it's financial loss, job loss, actually losing people to COVID right. or other diseases or, or medical issues, all of that stuff it warrants processing. Now, there's going to definitely be different levels. So one of the examples that I use all the time is if if somebody has a, let's say, a, a broken finger or a cut on their finger, that's that carries a specific amount of pain, right? It, okay. It's relative yeah. to that specific cut. Now, if somebody gets their arm cut off, there's a different level of pain, Sure. right? Yeah. It carries a different weight. However, they're both pain. They're both pain and they both deserve care. And that is exactly what happens in our emotional lives. That pain is directly proportional to the other pain you felt in your life. So if you've never had any pain in your life besides that cut finger, that is going to feel massive to you. Right? Right. Yeah. So, But a lot of times we have that experience where we go, okay, I lost my job. Or I got past it. Let's say, let's say I had to cancel my vacations, right? Something that we usually don't let ourselves grieve, you know. And that was that was a real big part of a lot of people's issues, especially if you're extroverted or you have a really strong value around travel and you're used to communing with other people. Canceling a vacation is going to warrant some element of grief. Yeah. Now, is that the same as someone who's lost a loved one to COVID? Probably not. It carries a different weight, mm -hmm. but it still matters. It still is a valid and relevant thing for you to process. So grief, that word, might feel sometimes a little hyperbolic or a little dramatic. So I encourage people to infuse the word process. I just need to process that I'm not able to go on the vacations that I wanted to go. Or I just need a little time to process that my child is going to be homeschooled. Or... You know, and so it might look a little bit different, that sort of a process versus processing a divorce. Right. And that's okay. In fact, I'm going to link to a podcast that Brene Brown did on her new podcast called, uh, I think it's called Unlocking Us. And she did an episode specifically around comparative suffering. Mm. And it's this idea that who am I to grieve that I have my kid at home all mm. the time when all these other people are losing their homes or losing loved ones. Jobs. And so we vote on it and we go, mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to feel what I'm feeling. But that's like saying you're not allowed to have a pain from a broken ankle because somebody got their arm cut off. It's, it's an irrelevant comparison. I found it interesting how the Grief Institute defined it. Right. Because that's not what I would think the definition would be. Right. Just a change in pattern. Right. Right. So it puts the word grieve or grief into a whole other category because I, I've always felt it was kind of reserved for big trauma. Right. Like death in the family. Yeah. Traumatic injury, things like that. Right. Yeah. I do see what you mean by being hyperbolic. It might. So pro you're saying to use the word process instead right. of grief so it doesn't seem like it's so dramatic? Yes, exactly. And and I really do think semantics matter. So if the word grief doesn't land for you, just mm -hmm. acknowledging that I, I do deserve to process things. 
even things that are seemingly good, and this is why I love their definition, because when we moved from California to North Carolina, for example, and our roles completely changed. You and I, yeah. Where I was sole breadwinner, like that was a, a completely different dynamic. We were almost always dividing things up 50-50 and just all of the the myriad of changes that happened that were implied from a cross-country move, all of those things were great. We we wanted to be here. We yeah. loved the area. We were thrilled about it. It was all part of plan, yeah. But there was so much change. Right. Anytime there is that significant change, it's worth acknowledging that your emotions might fluctuate. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And that there are varying degrees of that. And one of the things that Brene talks about with this idea behind comparative suffering is it presupposes that under that sort of concept of who am I to feel this if other people have it worse, that presupposes that there's a limited amount of empathy to go around, that if that uh, that people can only be empathetic to really egregious situations. Right. And what we know now about trauma, I think the psychological community defines it as like a big T trauma or a little T trauma. It's still trauma. Mm. And it's also directly proportional to how that person feels. So a lot of times when we're feeling something, we go, I'm not supposed to care this much or I'm not supposed to be in this much pain. And so we try to make ourselves wrong for what we're feeling, but that's the essence of what a traumatic experience is. Right. It's directly relative to what you experience. Yeah. So one person might experience a job loss and be like, you know what? This is awesome. This is, I've been needing a kick in the ass to start my own business. And they might not feel a shit ton of emotion around it. Somebody else, it might take them to their knees. Right. So we don't get to say, hey, here's the type of emotion that's reserved for this inst instance. It's directly related to what you are feeling. So you have to be gentle with that. Hmm. All right. Okay. So just a little kind of precursor. It can show up around a ton of different things. Divorce, a new location that you live in, change in health or illness, uh, diagnosis for yourself or for a family member, death, uh, having somebody be located far away from you, like perhaps they're in the military and you don't get to see them over the holidays. Mm. All of that stuff warrants paying attention to and allowing yourself some time to process. All right, so let's talk about what to do about it. Number one, change your view and your perspective around emotions. So this is really similar to what I was just saying. A lot of times we try to fix things instead of feel them. Explain. When we feel an uncomfortable emotion like sadness, like overwhelm, stress, fear, we want it to stop immediately. Yeah. Like stop it, stop it, stop it. Got it. So Got it. we we want to fix it. How do we fix this? And what we don't realize is that the only way out is through. Emotions mm. are fleeting. They will not stay forever. And they are just messaging. They're just there to say, hey, pay attention. Something's going on. <sighs> you might need to address how you feel about the holidays this year and that there's really no distinctive time of the kids being in school and then out of school and it feels weird to your normal process mm -hmm, mm -hmm. instead of 
just trying to fix it in solution and solution or numb, 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 like drink it away or overwork it away or, or I don't want to feel this. You have to give yourself some time to feel. Mm. A lot of times we can find the entry point here through those behaviors right because a lot of times we will start doing things like overeating overworking over drinking even over exercising and it is a method it's a behavior that we can look at and go "Ooh, am i turning to this physical thing am i turning to this to feel something physically different when there's an emotional issue at play here so I think if we just start changing our perspective a little bit around I'm allowed to feel what I feel and I it deserves processing. In fact, I had a conversation with a client of mine where I was telling her that I, I actually had to grieve the loss of certain physical things that I could do in my workouts. And I know that that's not related to holidays, holidays necessarily. But it is related to grief where in order for me to actually move on Mm -hmm. and heal and make healthy decisions for my physicality, I had to acknowledge that I couldn't do some of the stuff that I used to be able to do. And it's a a crazy experience. Right. And there's a piece of grieving your age or grieving like this is, you know, my first holiday without a parent who passed on. Sure. Or this is my first holiday that I haven't been able to be with family. And we're an extremely family-oriented group, you know. So I think all of that stuff really deserves the attention. And you have to start by changing that perspective of whatever I feel isn't wrong. It just is. It's just messaging. Which then leads me to number two. Don't vote on what comes up or don't judge what comes up. Like I said earlier, sometimes we're like, who am I to be upset by this? Or I can't tell you how many times my students will say, I don't even know why I'm crying. I didn't even think that this would come up. And I'm like, doesn't matter. Don't (laughs) vote on it. Don't judge it. It's here for a reason. Hmm, Okay. Telling ourselves you should or shouldn't feel something is never ever helpful right now we're we're certainly always responsible for our our choice of behavior you know just because we're really upset that doesn't mean we get to snap and be rude to everybody in our household yeah but you are always allowed to feel what you feel and that's never wrong another one of the ways that this shows up is we go still I'm still emotional about my mom's passing. Mm -hmm. That was 14 years ago. (laughs) And it still gets me every time we hang that one ornament on the tree or, you know, whatever happens to be that trigger for you. (laughs) Or we get, we have anger that surfaces. For many people, they've learned that anger is like the worst thing you can be, especially for women. Like growing up, it's like, oh, you're going to be like that? You go to your room. So if uh, we have this extreme amount of anger coming up, we get we just are like, oh, I can't believe I'm still pissed at my ex or I still have to deal with all of these things that in, impact my holidays because of my ex-husband or my ex-wife or ah, and we just get angry, angry, angry. And then we get even more angry that we're still affected by it. Right. Yeah. So don't vote on what comes up. Hmm, okay. 
All right. Don't judge it. Look at it as, oh, here's a message. Here's a message, like I was saying with number one. And, hmm, okay, this is curious. And one of the things that I teach my students to do all the time is to have sort of a voyeuristic perspective, to stand outside of it, stand outside of the situation, almost like you were observing yourself on a television or on a play and act as though you are a scientific observer and you're kind of taking notes. Maybe you have your little clipboard and you're observing this person on the show or this movie and you're noticing, oh, oh, it appears that there's a lot of grief that's coming up here. Oh, this is showing up as sadness or, oh, there looks like there's some shame here. And you're standing outside of it and kind of observing it for what it is and going, oh, it appears that the subject is really upset about something. Let's dig in and look closer at what might be <laughs> the reason behind this or the impetus. So if we observe things more from a scientific perspective, we can kind of go, oh, okay, that's why anger is showing up or that's why this is showing up. That's there, an interesting tool, yeah. So I, I oftentimes will call that the scientific perspective where you just kind of observe what you're feeling and then looking for the root behind it. All right, number three is gear up with a holiday survival plan. Ooh, this is my kind of thing. There are, yeah, you love a good plan. There are a handful of things that you can do here. Saying no to things. Yeah. I know that there are a lot of people who their families feel differently than they do about traveling and dealing with COVID and what feels safe and what doesn't. You need to honor what feels right for you. You know, you really do. And I'm not going to get on a soapbox about that. But also recognizing that it might be extremely hard for you because you just had a miscarriage this year or you just lost a job this year. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be around certain relatives that razz you about shit or the family dynamic is to always be sarcastic and make jokes – you might have to gear up and say like, okay, I'm not going to be able to be around these people or I'm going to need to really boundary up and shut conversations down if you're dealing with something. It might be about being around specific people who get you and understand what you've gone through or whatever it is that you're processing. Sometimes it's just about being vocal ahead of time. Let's say you did have a miscarriage and your family is super busybody and want to ask all the questions. You might have to get ahead of that and kind of say, hey, y'all, in a text thread, I'm so excited to see y'all. I've been having a really, really difficult time with some stuff in my life. My request is is that we don't bring that up this year. Hmm. Or, you know, you, you might have to get ahead of it and, right. and set up some self-care for yourself. That's a good idea. You might have to say no to certain events. You also may want to try being prepared for things that are expected. So if you are going to be in a situation or even around people who aren't necessarily family, doesn't really matter. If you think that there are certain things that always happen that are going to be really triggering for you, like let's say you, you lost a job and you're your brother or sister, whoever, always wants to talk about how much money they made or how successful they are, and that's extra triggering for you this year because you lost a job. It's always a fun one. You may have to prepare and look at, like, okay, what is most likely going to happen if my brother says that one thing that he always fucking says and I'm extra triggered because I'm going through this grief process? 
what do I want to say in those situations? Do I want to excuse myself? Am I going to go have a good scream outside real quick? Am I going to go into the bathroom and do a couple of jumping jacks to try to get it out of my body? (laughs) Try to forecast. Are there certain things that are going to come up that are going to give me a really difficult time that I can set myself up for success a little bit better? Hmm. Okay. Asking for what you need from people. This is another huge one. We, a lot of times... When somebody is going through something difficult, it's not uncommon for other people to prescribe what they need. Mm-hmm. And let's, how you fix it. let's say you lost somebody. You're dealing, maybe you lost somebody recently. And so everybody in the neighborhood is like, we're going to send meals. And you have extreme dietary restrictions. So the idea of people bringing you meals is adding to the stress. (laughs) And what you'd really need is can you just send some like Grubhub (laughs) gift cards or DoorDash gift cards, right? You might have to speak up about what you really need in those moments. All right. So there you have it. Gear up with a holiday survival plan. A lot of this, too, is going to be around really saying no and building in self-care because here's the thing too if you know people told me when when my dad died they said all of the first holidays the first birthdays the first father's days are always going to be the absolute worst absolutely and for me they really weren't which kind of took me off guard and one of the things that i think is important to understand is grief is not something you can calculate So the things that you think might bring you to your knees are not always. I remember years after my dad died, I was listening to a podcast and they referred to someone's office as their study, which is what my dad would always say. He Mm. he wouldn't say, I'm going to be in my office. He would say, I'm going to be in my study. And it took me to my knees on a random fucking Tuesday, not triggered in any other way. And I just lost it. Mm. And It's about not judging that, right? And it could be totally potent for you during the holidays. It could be that somebody who was a part of your life, it's going to be a very distinct void this holiday. No matter what it looks like, don't vote on it. So if you're actually surprisingly okay, that's fine too. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to make yourself wrong. Like I should be so much worse off. I should be bawling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Right. So really being gentle with yourself about that. And that's something that we talk about a lot in Deep Down and Dirty, which is one of my, uh, which is my signature program that I teach. We do a lot around emotions because these sorts of things, we judge ourselves nonstop. Like you should be fine. You should get over it. Or, you know, everybody else has it so much harder. We buy into a lot of these really faulty rationales and a lot of it stems from this deep-seated belief that I just don't matter as much. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to put everybody else ahead of me. Everyone else so is true. more important. Leading us to people-pleasing or perfectionism or trying to control things. But at the root of it, it's this enoughness. It's believing that how you feel matters, that it's okay to feel and process your emotions. So if you are interested in learning more about Deep Down and Dirty and you really want to shift this relationship with chronic people-pleasing, self-doubt, feeling like you're not enough, 
and that's impeding things that you want, like a partnership or a new career or, you know, to get back into music or whatever it happens to be, please know it's not those external things that you can just check off the box. Like, oh, as soon as I just get a partner, I'll be fine. As soon mm-hmm. as I get this house, I'll be fine. No. Spoiler alert, you will not be. You'll just keep changing what's going to be fulfilling for you. And you'll keep chasing and chasing and chasing. So if that's you and you want to get to that place where you genuinely believe that you are enough and you look in the mirror and love the person that you see, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. That chronicles a lot of the work that I do. And it gives you sort of an encapsulation of what Deep Down and Dirty is and a ton of information around subconscious mind and conscious mind and how we operate in this world. So please have your pen and paper available. At the very end of that workshop, if you're like, fuck yes, this is me. I need to make this change and I'll be damned if I go into 2021 feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. You'll see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team and you can completely complimentary and you can discuss if deep down and dirty is is the shift that you really need. Sure. So again, the starting point is that workshop, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. All right. So number four is to honor the past in a way that serves you. So this will be completely dependent on whatever it is you're going through. And this may or may not be relevant. But for us, when we moved from California to North Carolina, my mom gave us a Christmas ornament that was really cute. It was like the U.S. and it was a little heart in California and a little heart in North Carolina. Oh, yeah. And it was a really cute way to kind of acknowledge, okay, yeah, <laughs> th- there's a there's a past and it's new here. And that might look like gratitude or, you know, doing old photos, going through those, maybe watching movies that you used to watch with maybe a family member who's passed on or a mm, friend mm. or maybe it's music related. If it's something like a separation or a divorce or a breakup, maybe it's about letting go of old traditions or old memorabilia, you know, depending on the nature of the of the separation. It might be about, okay, I'm going to get I'm going to ceremonially burn you know some of these old holiday ornaments or I'm going to actively purchase new ones or I'm going to let go of some of this memorabilia or I'm going to take pictures and then put it away mm. so where you you're uh, you're honoring the past in a way that truly truly serves you you can also do like rituals around it you know, like I know some people who who create an extra place setting for the person who's passed on. Uh, that is, yeah, that's good. So you kind of create that little that that honoring, right? right. Um, I don't know. Just something to add there. I, you know, I'm, I'm so busy, and all of us are, that I almost forget to grieve the loss of my mother. Yeah. Um, and I feel guilty for that sometimes. So what I have done is I just schedule. I put it in my schedule because the things that are important to me are on my schedule, right? Yep. And this may not work for everybody, but it works for me. It's just another tool. I'll just schedule like, oh, I've got a half hour break in here. I'm just going to 
put on some music that my mom liked and I'm just going to grieve her. Yeah. Grieve the loss. Yeah. And I get it out. I flush. Mm-hmm. And it actually makes me feel a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Um, so however you process that or grieve that is is okay. It's just one more additional way to do it. That's brilliant. And also I think it's it's good to know that processing doesn't always have to look like extreme tears and sadness. Yeah. It could be almost just a communing with that memory. Sure. Where you're taking that moment to connect with spirit, connect with her spirit, and just feel that element of connection. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily have to be taken to your knees. So, again, that comes back to don't vote on whatever it looks like. That's right. completely fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Number five, and this kind of goes in tandem with number four, is to create new traditions to honor your new chapter. And that can look a ton of different ways. You know, we have a lot of a lot of traditions that we've carried on from that aren't relevant necessarily to where we live. You know, we can continue on with those. But we're always looking for like, ooh, what would be a fun new thing that we can add that sort of commemorates living here mm. or you know, some of the changes that have happened for us, especially because now we're especially this year, not going to be around family. And that might invoke a lot of grief. And I know there's a lot of ideas around, like you can Google it and find ways to connect with family. And um, I actually was listening to an NPR episode about it. People who were sharing their recipes on Zoom calls with each other and family Zooms and just other ways and activities to stay connected over the holidays. Yeah. But it it might be about creating a new tradition. Let's say you're recently separated and maybe you need to do something that's specifically your own tradition. Like maybe your partner didn't celebrate Christmas or didn't celebrate Hanukkah or didn't honor your particular religious affiliation. Maybe it's about doing something of that nature to say, no, I'm on my own two feet and I can honor this holiday the way I want to and create new traditions. That's great. Whatever it might look like. All right. So number five, creating those new traditions. We lovingly refer to ours as Smith's traditions. Smith's traditions are Smith traditions. Yeah. Uh, so we'll say, you know, that's fun too to just make new names for your traditions. For sure. So we'll say like, we need a new Smith's traditions around this, or <laughs> you know, whatever it might look like. All right. And then finally, number six, call in the allies. Call in your support system. Have therapists, have healers, have your besties, have your family, knowing what you're going through, knowing what you're processing, getting support. It is not heroic to go through this on your own. Mm. Everybody and their mother can do that. It is brave. It is courageous to say, I need support. That is valiant. We need to switch our perspective around why it is so, so amazing to go through everything on your own. Like that proves anything. Right. It doesn't prove anything. And guess who suffers? You do. 
And my guess is if you have people in your life who love you, they can't wait to support you. So look around and look at who are my allies and pay for it if you need to. Sure. Search out those those therapists, those healers, energy workers. There's a, a shit ton of different modalities, whether you're into Western or Eastern philosophies. People who can help you process, who can create that container, especially considering what we've gone through with COVID. I know you've seen this. People just wanting to be touched. Absolutely. We are void of connection right now. So reach out, create those containers where you can speak about what you've been dealing with for a good hour mm -hmm. with somebody or to be seen in a group. That's one of the things that I think is so powerful about group work. And that's why I do that with Deep Down and Dirty. And I was just talking to a student the other day who was like, wow, I never considered myself a group person at all, but there is so much power in being seen. And, and it's true. And, and just knowing that you're not alone can be unbelievably bolstering to what you're going through. Absolutely. So like grief support groups or whatever it looks like, get yourself some allies, get yourself some healers, some support, whatever that looks like. And I will say the other thing is if you are dealing with the grief of, let's say, a loss of loss of somebody to death like I'll, I'll from my own example when my father passed away I needed my mom to find support from somebody other than me because hmm. I was I lost him too uh, right so there was a very real place of hey mom as much as I want to be there for you and I'm like the next in line of who to lean on <laughs> I can't be that all the time I need you to go to grief support groups I need you to to handle it the way I am, you know, because yeah. I'm in pain too. Same could be true for ending of a marriage and your parents are grieving that you're ending your marriage. You might have to say, mom and dad, I can't, I can't help you through my own divorce. <laughs> right, right. You know, I need you to. That's a great boundary. To get, to get your own support because I think sometimes those lines are blurred with mm, family. For sure. Absolutely. All yeah. right. So quick little recap here. Number one, change your view or perspective around emotions, they are just messaging. Number two, do not vote or, or judge what comes up. If you have an emotion, it's there for a reason. Do not be mad at it. Number three, gear up with a holiday survival plan. Boundary up, have self-care instituted, prepare for what could you might be dealing with. Number four, honor the past in a way that serves you, having some rituals or using gratitude, whatever it looks like. Number five, create new traditions to honor your new chapter. And number six, call in your allies and your support system. I love it. Anything else you wanted to throw into the mix, baby doll? The only thing I would say is you know, I don't think listeners get the opportunity to thank you for all of this information. Oh. So on behalf of all the listeners. Oh, baby. I want to thank you for doing this public service of giving this free information to people. You know, like pe people can take that for granted. And, um, yeah, thank you for even doing this at all. Baby. <laughs> well, you are most welcome. Yeah. That was really sweet of you. Thanks, baby. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You absolutely are. In in spirit of additional 
free things for you. <laughs> <laughs> nice there, segue. There are a bunch of additional resources that will be listed in the show notes where I've done other podcasts specifically around not losing your shit with your family, saying no, boundaries. I even did a two-part series specifically about grief of when you find yourself really mad and sad, how do you actually process that? So there might be some additional great info for you over there. So be sure to check out the show notes and for sure check out that workshop too if you want to dig deeper. For sure. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Ms. and Mr. Smith, out. <laughs>